0: We are in uh, Luke chapter 18. This is a, this is the second to last message in our All In series, although it's the last part of Luke 18. So at the end of today, you can like pat the person next to you and say, "You did it. You are 75% of the way through Luke." You like how I did that? I could do fractions. 18 out of 24. That's 75%, right? My Y'all don't help. Me. You're all in calculators trying to figure it out. Uh-huh. Yeah, 75%. So um, listen today the last the last portion of Luke eighteen. There's been such a good progression, and it's all leading towards next Sunday. Let me just again encourage you. Next Sunday's Easter. Next Sunday's all about what the the greatest all-in moment in history. Right when when God and you'll see this next week. He pushed all of his. It's weird to think of God playing poker, isn't it? So just kind of don't th- don't send me emails. Just hear the heart. It's like God pushed all his chips to the center of the table on the resurrection. That's what we'll talk about next week. It's the greatest all-in moment in the history of the world. Today, Luke chapter 18, we are talking about um, a word. I want to play a little bit of a a game. It's like word association. So here, let me just prepare you, okay? We need to make a pact. I don't know how you make a pact, but something like this. You need to make a pact with me that in a minute when I do what I do, you're going to do what you're supposed to do, okay? So like we're going to play word association, not in your head, out loud, okay? So uh, look to your neighbor, say, don't let me down. Okay, because listen, that's real. Some of you are already feeling that you're a little bit like, what's going to happen? He's going to say something. I'm going to blurt something out, and no one else is going to do it. So tell him again, don't let me down. So we're going to play. We're going to play word association. I'm going to say a word, and you're going to say out loud the first word that comes to your mind when I say it. Okay. All right. Do you want to do? Do you want to do a practice word first? Okay. We'll do a practice word. Practice word would be, I'm just making this up, um, practice word would be pizza. Okay, so what I heard was I heard yum. Did I hear yum over here? And I heard a lot of y'all let her down. That's what I heard. I heard yum and y'all let her down because that's the only one I heard. You got to yell it. You got to be confident and bold, okay? We're going to do one more, one more, and then we're going to do the real word. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Swedish fish. I heard a lot of people say boo, and we're praying for you, okay? Here we go. Are you ready? So do you feel warmed up? Look at, your, look at the first next to you. We'll say it one more time. Don't let me down. Okay? Here, this is, this is it. This is for real. This is for real and for true. This is the word, okay? I'm going to say the word, and you just, the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Some of you are like, I looked at the outline and cheated. I know. You know what's coming. Here's the word. Ready? One, two, three. Desperation. Yeah. Some, who's that housewives? <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Desperation. So, like, when I say desperation, what's the first word that comes to your mind, right? Think about that. And I want you to picture that in your head. Now, truthfully, when I say desperation, it's possible that the first thing that came in your mouth, you would never dare even say out loud. Right? But today, Luke chapter 18, we're going to read the end of this chapter, and we're going to meet a man who is desperate Look at think think about the things that make us desperate I made just just a quick list um not being prepared for a job interview that can make you desperate, especially if you really need the job, right um blue lights coming on behind you terrifying, right that'll make you desperate. It's like you pump, you hit the brakes and you're like it's too late, it's too late um here's a couple here's a couple um having money left in your account after paying all the bills only to find a bill you forgot, that'll make you feel desperate. And and here's one, I, I can't believe that I actually have experienced this, but putting your debit card into the ATM to withdraw money that you know you have, and the ATM says you don't. Now, hypothetically speaking, this may have happened to me when we went to Charleston one year under our marriage. And on the first day, I was like, "Baby, I'm—I was so proud. I've been saving. Money. Well, I got this. We're gonna have so much fun. I mean, you know, how much money do we have? But whatever." And I went to withdraw, and it was like, "You don't have any funds." And I was like, I, "Yes, I do. I'm talking to a machine. Yes, I do. I have everything's fine, honey. Everything's fine. It's no problem. I have the money." And what had happened was, I'd use my debit card to reserve my hotel room, and they had done that stupid thing where they put like ten times the amount. They freeze your assets. Whatever that I, I like, I'm I'm a year married. I have no assets. What are you doing, right? And so we couldn't even touch the money. The money was in the account. We couldn't use it. That was a bad. That was a bad day. But you made it the best ever. And well, I was like, I married the right person. It was fantastic. So so we've all thought about desperation. I, I bet if I started this phrase, you could finish it. Desperate times call for. Yeah, see, we, we all know this stuff. We all know about desperation. So today, when we read Luke chapter 18, uh, 35 through 43, I want you to just keep the, the word desperation in your mind. We're going to kind of work through this. Um, I feel like God's given me a really good word for us this morning. I want you to, um, to hang in there with me, okay? And at the end, we're going to pray. Here we go, Luke chapter 18, verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening, and they told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. And so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Now verse 39 says, be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. If you have the NIV, your translation may say something like this. Um, It may say those that were leading told him to be quiet. Okay, just remember that. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Verse 40. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? It's funny how the Lord asks us questions. He always asked like, do you know people that just ask, like, they ask no-brainer questions? And you're like, uh, I think you already know the answer, right? Like, what what, what comes on your ham and cheese? Remember that? Uh, the what. <laughs> When Wendy goes to eat, you can't go eat with Wendy anywhere without her asking before she orders. Because she loves her food, right? I mean, she loves her food. She wants it done a certain way. There's a certain order, the way toppings should go on a hamburger. I mean, she's got it. She's got her thing. So she's always going to ask, do you make your own ranch? Because I don't know. How many of you all are homemade ranch people? Like, forget the bottled stuff, right? So she's always going to ask, do you make your own ranch? And if they do, then she'll get this out. If they don't, she won't, right? Um and so I know when she asks a question, we all know what she means by it, but, like, the, sometimes the servers don't. And she did ask a server one time, what comes on your ham and cheese? And he went, uh, ham and cheese? It was like She was like, like, mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato. Like, come on, man, come on, read my mind, right? Like, sometimes people ask questions like Jesus is always doing that. He's like, what do you want me to do for you? If you saw a blind man and you were Jesus and you asked him a question, don't you already know the answer? Probably. The man said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God, and all who saw it praised God too. Um, listen, let's talk for a few minutes about desperation. This blind man, let's look to know him a little bit. The blind man was an outcast, and so he's forced to beg for whatever he can get. In that society, he has nowhere to go. This is his spot. He was not the only beggar there. This is where all the beggars would hang out. And this was... Getting close to Passover, and so there was a lot of, anybody go to the beach? Raise your hand if you go to the beach. Does anybody, ever, anybody ever lived at the beach? Like, you know how the beach is a ghost town except for the summer? And it's like the population triples, quadruples, whatever. That's kind of what happened here. Like, as the Passover, people were starting to come in for the Passover, right? Things were, the crowds were starting to grow. So these crowds started to go by, and this, this, is, this would be a good time to be a beggar, right? Lots more people. A lot of foot traffic. And so he's just doing what beggars do. He's calling out. He's trying to find what he needs. What I want you to see is that he was desperate for something. Your first point today is this, that desperation fuels the search. Desperation fuels the search. Listen, all of us are desperate for things. And it's the desperation that fuels our searching. Can I just say this? Whatever came to your mind when I first said desperation, whatever goes in that blank, that's what's going to drive you. That's what's going to drive you. So uh, here, I'll say it in a cheesy way so you don't forget it. Whatever goes in your blank will, will, will determine what motors your tank. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun? You're like, don't ever do that again, right? <laughs> yeah, probably will. So I'm desperate for blank. Whatever goes in that blank is going to drive your life. Let me give you a few examples. If you're desperate for money, you're going to make unwise decisions so you can have more or keep more. Tax season is coming up. You'll find a way to cheat. You won't call it cheating. You'll call it taking what you deserve because the government is horrible. We'll get to a passage in Luke later where Jesus says to pay taxes. That will be fun, won't it? Oh, boy, that will be fun. I can already sense it. Um. If you're desperate for fame, you'll do anything to get discovered. If you're desperate for love, listen to this. If you're desperate for love, you will settle for a warm body instead of a red hot soul. The blind man was desperate for, he said it at the very beginning, he's crying out, have mercy on me. So what, listen, beggars beg. That's what they do. They would call out. And when he says that that word for mercy, it literally means have pity on me. Help me. I mean, it's kind of a, the generic will work for food. I mean, it's just like, just I need something. to Help me out. And beggars would call all the time. They would call all the time. He was desperate for something. And that desperation fueled the search. He made sure he was there every day. He was always going to call out because he's desperate for something. I need mercy. I need help. I need pity. This blind man's desperate, and it drove him to the place that we now find him. Can I just say this at the gathering? We welcome desperate people. Because if we can't love desperate people, we can't love people. Everywhere I go in ministry, God always gives us people to remind me of that fact. When my very first youth group, we had this this young man, and and all, all all the girls just got creeped out by him. Do you know people? Don't point at them if they're here. Do you know people like that? Like he, you know, he was that guy that was like, um, he like go to shake your hand, but then he like pull you in close, and like it's like you can hug somebody, and then you can hug somebody, right? So he was a hugger and never let go person. And and, and he was a teenager, right? Not not a I need to clarify that not a volunteer. <laughs> he was a teenager in the youth group, and so like he was very friendly with the girls. And and he would just the guys wanted to punch him all the time, and the girls wanted to also punch him. Nobody really liked him. I remember one night he wasn't there, and they all started to complain about him again. And I just told the youth group, I was like, listen, here's the deal. I know that there are things about him that we have to be smart about, but do you understand that God has put him in our youth group because if we can't love him, we can't love anybody. Desperate people do desperate things. I had a man in one of my churches when I first started, first started leading worship for adults. Do you have any idea how intimidating it is to lead worship for the adults? Can I praise team say amen? Holy cow. And so you want everything to go perfect. And I had a man in my church who literally, I cannot make this up, came to me and said, I feel like I want to be a part of the worship ministry. And I was like, yay! What do you play? And he said, the Saul. Is that an instrument that I haven't heard of yet? Like, what do you mean by the saw? And, like, he literally brought a a saw, like, and flipped it over and, like, did something with a, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know. He played it. uh, It lasted three weeks, and he stopped. I don't don't know. I I mean, it's crazy. I, I know a pastor. I know a pastor who said, like, their entire church's mission was to reach the unchurched. And so he tells the story of. His head usher cussing out a first-time guest because his head usher wasn't really church. He was just like, had just started coming and like he, hey, you can do that job. And then like in the lobby he walked out of church and heard heard this guy cussing out a first-time guest and it started with, you will never call my pastor that. And there's like all these other words that I can't repeat. I mean, just Listen, desperate people don't know how to act. Desperate people don't care about your protocol. Desperate people just want something, and they don't really care how it makes other people feel when they go for it. So this man asked, who is coming by? And they said, oh, that's Jesus the Nazarene. Now, I want to make sure you understand this. I'm not going to unpack it too much. You can Google it and study on your own time. But Son of David is a pretty big deal. That term about Jesus, Son of David, it's a messianic term. It means that this is the man who was prophesied about that would come and set the people free. The crowd didn't call him that. The crowd said, oh, that's Jesus the Nazarene. You know, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. This blind man had more vision than they did. And he started, he, what did he say? He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this is as things are heating up between Jesus and the religious leaders, between Jesus and the government. And what this man basically said out loud was, hey, Jesus, you're the king. Have mercy on me. And so all these people, either either his friends or according to the one translation, possibly even the disciples who were leading the the Jesus parade, turned to this man and said, shh. And and he was desperate. He did what desperate people do. He said, did you just hush me? Did, did, um, Did I hear you say, shh? Okay. Jesus. Is that better? Desperate people do not care about your comfort. They do not care about your religion. I'm so glad. They just want something. And they go for it. And they often do it in ways that make us uncomfortable. This man said, I refuse to back down. Because he knew that there was something different about Jesus. There was someone there now that could give him more than the empty handouts he got before. Maybe that's you. Can I, can I just tell you this? Desperation for the wrong things leads to frustration. So if you're desperate for the wrong things, if you're desperate to be loved, then you will be. But maybe by the wrong person. And you'll find yourself desperate, desperate to be loved again, maybe by the wrong person. Desperation for the wrong thing leads to frustration. When I was, let me just share this. I wasn't going to share this, but um, I felt like during worship I'm supposed to. So when I was in high school, when I was a senior in high school, um, you're going to laugh at this because you think I'm making it up, but I'm not. So I played band. I played in the band. I played saxophone, which made me a nerd. Um, I mean, a good nerd, right? Like, come on. Any band people here with me? Okay, good deal. Sorry. Awesome. Five of us. Good. Good. but every day, every day, uh, teens and preteens, if you're, if you're a student, listen to this, okay. Every day in my senior year for lunch, I spent my lunch time in the tuba. Um, not, not, I, mean, I should not pause there. In a tuba? What? In the tuba, um, like you walk into the closet where you store all the stuff. So there's like these storage cubbies where you would slide in the tuba. And I spent every lunch in the tuba storage thing. What would it be called? Cubby hole? Cubby hole. A tuba cubby. A tubby tubby cubby I can't even say it. So in the tuba cubby, like I literally would walk into the band room, head down, I would walk into a dark closet, I would crawl into the tuba cubby hole. And that's where I sat for lunch my entire senior year. Why? Because I wanted to die. Because I was suicidal. Because I was depressed. And I I didn't know who to tell that to. I was desperate. And desperation fuels the search. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're desperate, I don't say that desperation fuels the search to make you feel bad about it. You're supposed to be searching. That's what desperation, it fuels the search. I don't want to be desperate. I desperately want to find something. And that's where this beggar is. He's being fueled to search for something. Every day he sits and he calls out, For people to have mercy on him. Until one day, somebody different was walking by. And he heard the name. And he recognized, this isn't just a Nazarene. This is the man that the prophets said would come. They said he'd become son of David. He is the Messiah. He's the one person that can help me in this search. So desperation fuels the search, but Jesus fulfills the search. The reason that some of us aren't fulfilled is because we've yet to figure out that what we're looking for more than anything else is Jesus. Only Jesus fulfills the search. This blind beggar had spent the bulk of his life seeking mercy, and so he was an expert where not to find it. He knew where not to find mercy. But there was something about Jesus and all of us know people who have searched and found what was in that blank. I'm desperate for money. And they have searched and searched and searched for money. They have gotten jobs to make more money. They have cut corners on jobs to save money. And they finally got money, and then they're just as miserable. Because it can fuel the search. Get that next slide up. But only Jesus can fulfill it. Only Jesus can fulfill the search because nothing satisfies us like Jesus. Let me give you three verses just so you know that this is true from the Bible, right? Psalm 37 4. The psalmist said this take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Some translations talk about being satisfied in Him. Psalm 17 15. Because I'm righteous, I'll see you, and when I awake, I will see you, he's talking about you being Jesus, I will see you face-to-face and be satisfied. John 4, 14, this is um, when Jesus met the woman at the well. So here's another person that he meets, right? Another desperate person. She was most definitely looking for love, had been married a number of times, living with somebody that wasn't her husband. Jesus probably, she's thinking, hey, this man is gonna condemn me. And here's what Jesus said, for those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Listen, this is such a simple message, but it's so powerful. Jesus must fill the blank. He's got to be it. He's got to be what you're searching for. And whatever you're looking for, whatever's, whatever is causing you to be desperate, whatever's fueling you to search, what you need to see is, ultimately, it's Jesus. What I want you to say is, God, I want desperation to drive me to Jesus. And so you are like, I I, I can't even do that. I'm so tired. I I can't even go to Jesus. Can I just give you some encouragement from this passage? Jesus went to him. He went to where the desperate man was. I'm sure Jesus could have walked anywhere he wanted to. But he went there. We're talking about the woman at the well in John chapter 4. He said to his disciples, I have to go through Samaria. I have to. There's somebody there. And what you know is Jesus is the kind of Lord that goes searching for desperate people. You're searching for something. He's searching for you. He's what our hearts long for. And when we realize that, we'll find ourselves telling him what we've been desperate for all along. I love this man. He cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. But when Jesus walked up and said, what do you want? Do you recognize he didn't say mercy? He said, I want to see. We talk about the presence of God a lot, don't we? Like, and you're like, I don't even like to sing. presence of God is not about worship. It's a component. It's a part of it. But presence of God is being aware that when Jesus walks into a room, that changes everything. And here's a man who all he's ever done is say, just somebody have mercy. Somebody give me some money. Give me a handout. Just mercy, please, please, please. Okay, now I'm going to call it to the son of David. Have mercy on me. But when Jesus stopped and said, bring him to me, when the presence of God invaded that man's world, and Jesus actually walked up and said, what do you want? Suddenly he had an answer. Are any of you um, ordering procrastinators at restaurants? Do you ever go, um, let's use Chipotle. Anybody like Chipotle? I love Chipotle. Ever go to Chipotle when it's really crowded? And so you're at the back of the line, and you're maybe with some friends, you're hanging out, you're talking. And so it takes you like 10, 15 minutes to get to the front of the line. You have 10 minutes to stare at this humongous menu, to know what you want to get. Some of you are married to somebody who, I'm I'm describing them right now. And by the time you get to the front, they turn and go, what was you having? And you're like, "Uh." Uh, uh, phew. lunch meal four, uh, what? And it, like the, the, whoever's helping you are they can't show their frustration because they have to have good customer service, but you know, on the inside, they're just like idiot, right? The people that you're with, they're like idiot, right? Except they also don't know what they want. I mean, like you just wasted all that time when you could have been ready. And then you weren't. I want you to know this. That man, he was desperate, but you know what he did? He had an answer. If Jesus walked in the room today, if he did, if he could step in here physically, you could see him. And he walked up to you and said, what do you want? What would you say? Uh, lunch meal four, combo seven. Do you get free refills? I mean, like, would you waste that moment? Or would you actually tell him what you want? This beggar said, I want to see. Because now that, now that I have your attention, Jesus, I suddenly realize what I've been begging for, what man could possibly give me, is not anywhere near as good as what you can do for me. And I want to see. What would you say? I'd uh, just like to have a raise in my paycheck if I could. I think sometimes Jesus looks at us with our silly requests. They're not silly like I'm making light of them. But he's just like, don't you know I can do that and so much more. This man said, I want to see. And what did Jesus say? Uh, try something else. I can't do that. It's not what he said. He said, your faith Has healed you. And sometime later, after weeks had passed and the man had cried out and begged more and more, he finally could see some. Is that what it says? Instantly, the man could see. Instantly, the man could see. And he did. He saw. He believed that. Man, can you just picture this? A blind man begging. It's just another day, and tomorrow's Monday, right? So we get Monday, 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 right? It's just, ugh, Monday, ugh. Nobody does, like, Monday fun day, right? It's always Sunday fun day. Monday's like, ugh. There's no word that rhymes with Monday that says what I want to say, right? Tomorrow you'll wake up, you'll go through the same routine. You're this beggar. You're, you're just searching for whatever you're searching for because desperation fuels the search, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jesus is there. He's like, what can I do for you? What do you want? You're like looking around like, is this a trick question? You know what I want. I want purpose in my life. I want to feel like I can see where I'm going. I want to feel like I'm following somebody worth following. I don't want to sit here anymore. I want my life to count. Like, I wasn't prepared. It's a Monday. I wasn't prepared for this. He's like, if you want it. I can do it. And a blind man instantly can see. And the first thing he sees is Jesus. It's been a long time since some of you have seen the face of Jesus. Ask me how I know. Your life reveals it. There's no passion for Jesus. Not like there used to be. We've just kind of been going through the motions, but something changes, man, when Jesus shows up and he says, what do you want? What what do you want? I'd like to understand everything doctrinally. Really? This man says, I want to see. And you know why I think he wanted to see? Because he wanted to see Jesus. How do I know that? I told you that. Desperation for the wrong things leads to frustration, right? But desperation, when it's fulfilled in Jesus, guess what it leads to? It leads to dedication. This man saw Jesus. He saw Jesus, and what did he do? He followed him. He followed him. Your big idea says this, faith in Jesus will turn desperation into dedication. Uh, We don't know from this passage in Luke what this man's name was. But many church historians and theologians will say that this is the same man that's also found in Mark. His name is Bartimaeus. There's a story in Mark chapter 10 that's very similar to this story. And it says it's a blind man named Bartimaeus. And all we know about Bartimaeus is that he suddenly saw Jesus. And it says in verse 43, after he could instantly see, he followed Jesus praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. And so what happened to Bartimaeus? Well, here's what historians believe, that when his eyes were open and he could see Jesus, when Jesus fulfilled his search, he never did anything else but follow Jesus. He spent the rest of his life telling people about this moment, that Jesus had touched a blind beggar and given him sight, that the first thing he ever saw in this world was Jesus, and the only thing he ever wanted to see in this world was Jesus. Jesus fulfills our search. And he turns desperation into dedication. This man went all in on faith in Jesus. And a blind man found vision for his life and never looked back. Faith in Jesus does that. It changes our destinies. It changes our direction. Let me just say this again as we're closing this out. Senior year in high school, in a tuba cubby crying, if I had not met Jesus and survived, that's a big if, if I had not met Jesus and survived a year of driving on roads in Albemarle and thinking to myself, I could just simply turn the wheel and go into that tree, and it'd be over. Um, I'm not living up to my parents' expectations. I'm playing the church game, but in my heart I know who I really am. Shame like you wouldn't believe. If I hadn't met Jesus, I have no doubt where I would be today is in a straight jacket. I have no doubt. But I'm not. Because God takes the foolish things of the world and he uses them to confuse the wise. He says, oh, so you're in a tuba cubby, <laughs> weird place to be hanging out, but what do you want me to do for you, Paul? I want to matter. I want to matter. I want to matter that I can speak to people even if I twitch every now and then, even if there's a bit of Tourette's there. I want to know I can hold a microphone and speak to people about you. And guess what God does? Yeah, nice try. I'm not serving that today. He does it. Take the mic. Who, me? Yeah, Paul, take the mic. Anything can happen. If you just see me. Because Paul, what you really don't, you don't really want those things. What you want is me. Oh, I see. I see Jesus. You're right. That's, that's all I want. Come on, come follow me. Let's go. That's all we want. Come, we'll, we'll plant a church. Call it the gathering. All we want is—that's we're going after Jesus. That's all we want, and it changes your destiny. Man, some of you are so desperate. You're so desperate. I just want to challenge you that maybe you're desperate for the wrong things, and if you are, you'll continue to search and you'll never quite be satisfied until you realize that what you're really searching for is Jesus. I mean, He. Fulfills the search. And he changes. Blind Bartimaeus went from being desperate to being dedicated. I mean, you couldn't have, you could have pulled him away from Jesus if you wanted to. And I want to pray this morning that God does that in you. So would you um I told you earlier, you don't have to close your eyes or nothing. We'll just do this with our eyes wide open. I told you earlier that we want to pray for you. Listen, there are some of you here, and you are desperate for God to move in your life. And we want to pray this morning that he would move in your life, that he would become what fills what you're searching for. There are some of you here, and you're sick, like physically sick, and it just makes no sense that we would teach about a passage where a blind man got healed and us not pray for you to be healed physically. Right? It just makes no sense at all. So um what we're gonna have uh the guys in the back do is they'll just kind of like play another song whenever this one's over. And man, if I can pray for you, can we just do this? Hey, I tell you what, let's let's do this. Um we'll save the band. Band, of y'all did such a good job on resurrecting. When this song's over, we just play resurrecting. Is that cool? Good deal. I just had to make sure they saw me, right? Um So how many of you how many of you want to touch from Jesus this morning? you y'all are so funny, you're like, Could you make it a more subtle transition? No. If you want to touch from Jesus, would you just do this? Would you just come join me up here? And let's just pray for God to touch us. How many of you have been touched by Jesus? You've been radically changed because of it. Raise your hand. Wouldn't you love to come lay your hands on these people and pray? Come on. you want to hop up here so they can see you. Jason, everybody say hey, Jason. Just real quick. Um, so in the story, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. And for some of you who may come down here looking for a touch from Jesus today, what I don't want you to wonder is, do I have enough faith? I don't want you to walk out of here thinking, well, I don't have enough faith, so Jesus isn't going to heal me because I'm telling you, the people in this place have enough faith for you. Jesus said, if we lay hands on the sick, they will get well. He didn't say they will get well if they have enough faith. Right. We have enough faith. All of us in here who are believers, we have the very presence of Jesus Christ in us. When we lay ha- our hands on you, when you lay hands on each other, Jesus Christ himself is laying hands on you. So don't doubt that. Yes. There is enough faith in this room to cover whatever your need is. You have enough. Jesus loves you, and he is here with you. That's, so good. That's, so good. That's a great reminder. All right, if you're here to pray for people, you can put your hands on them right now. Let's just go ahead and start praying, okay? In faith, right? In faith. And this what is our faith in? Is the faith in the healing? Is it in God coming through? No, our faith is in Jesus. He is enough. Okay? So you get anointed with oil. Man, I want you as this song, you can, you can turn this up a little bit. I want you to worship to this song. We've already sung it this morning, okay? You you know these words. Hey, church, uh, why don't you hop up behind him and sing this as well, okay? Can we just fill this place with um, the sound of this worship and this praise? It's just a whisper. I want you to begin to tell the Lord what you want. So he's here saying, What do you want? Tell him. You tell him what you want, okay? If you want to tell the person that's praying for you what you want, they can pray with you as well. But you tell him this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm asking This is what I'm searching for. His final
1: breath upon the cross is now.
0: So this is the just the beginning of a journey, right? I love that. So this man leaves where he is and follows Jesus the rest of his life. It's just the beginning of a journey. So for us here, this is the beginning of an amazing journey. Don't don't forget this. Don't miss this that this man's life, his vision was filled with Jesus, right? That's it. Our vision gets clouded, right? We think of other stuff, like I should do these things. Just gets full. His was full of Jesus, and that changed everything that he did. Now, our church is on a journey. Have you noticed this? Like the last couple months, something's shifting, something's happening. It's amazing, right? We're just like holding on, right? Just holding on the horse. Don't want to fall off. Um, But the next step for us, listen, let me explain this. The next step for us, I mean, we got Easter next week. And we're going to do baptisms in the middle of the, between services. We'll be down there. So, like, next week this time we'll be heading down. But the more important thing about next week is that we're kicking off, kicking off this thing called 50 Days to Fire. And so um, I, there's, I've, we've already done a video. I'll post it today. It will be on our Facebook page. You can see it, share it. But basically what we're doing is we just believe that God has told us to take the 50 days from Easter Sunday to Pentecost Sunday and set ourselves apart so he can set him a f- just on b- a-, a blaze a blaze is such an old on fire in us right so what we're doing is we're saying, okay, we we'll take the first ten days so Easter April first to April the tenth and we're just asking you to pray and ask God, what would you have me to do and some of you have never fasted in your entire life um we're not asking you to fast for forty straight days with no food but just water right but as a church, what we're saying is for these fifty days we're gonna we're all in on hearing the Lord speak to us. Individually, as we corporately set aside time to seek after Him and fast and pray. And then on, um, so then the 40 days, April 11th to May the 20th, all these dates are online. um, We're just going to fast. Whatever He calls you to do, you you might fast from social media. Um, You may fast. Lunch on Tuesday every week during that period. You don't have to fast all those 40 days. You just got to do what God tells you to do and be obedient. And all of us will do that. And incorporately, we're going to come together on May the 20th. It's Pentecost Sunday. We're going to have a worship night in that space. Whether it, John, close your ears. Um, we think we'll be okay, right? So we're going to do it in there. Um, And, and we're just going to, nothing like, nothing formal, just kind of like what just happened here. Can we just hang out with Jesus and just be with him and see what he wants to do? because um, we believe that, that God's going to give us fire to change the city on May the 20th, okay? So you'll hear more about that. I just want to let you know you can already be praying, like, God, what what would you have me do? Um, there's more um on the website, and there's a resource page as well. You'll get all that. So can I just pray for you? Um, What I want you to get is that you're the blind man, and you just had your face full of Jesus. And he didn't go, well, that was a great day. And went back to what he did. It changed his life. It changed his destiny. It changed everything about him. I can't go back. I'm not going to go find a tuba cubby, right? I'm not going back to that. We have a, I have a greater destiny now. You do too, right? So this is the beginning of that journey, all right? You don't have to have all the answers. You just got to see Jesus. Vision full of Jesus, all right? So, Father, right now in your name, um, I thank you for, for your faithfulness, God. Um, man, when we ask you to touch us, you don't hold back. You did not uh, make this man work any harder, do anything else. He he got probably more than he thought he was going to get that day because you showed up. And I thank you that when we are desperate, man, you show up. When we do things like pray and fast and we create space for you to move in our lives, you show up. You're going to lead us, and now, God, we can see you. We're going to follow because we want all that we can have of you. We want all that we can have just one-on-one, heart-to-heart, abiding with you. We're not doing any of this to, to earn something. We're doing it because our hearts are so tied to you. We just want you. God, I thank you for the way that you touch our bodies. I believe that today physical healing has taken place. I can't wait to hear the testimonies about how you're touching your body and healing them. We thank you, God, that you don't ask us to have faith. You simply ask us to see Jesus and allow others to believe and have faith for us and with us. And that today, as a result of putting our faith in Jesus, we can walk out of here and our faith in Jesus has made us whole. I thank you for destinies and futures and the way that you're changing us. In your name, Lord. Amen.